Welcome to the Sermon B-Side Podcast, a podcast of Liberty Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, a church that desires to live, speak, and serve as the very presence of Jesus in the Harrisburg region. Sermon B-Sides is designed to be a resource to help us deepen the conversation about this week's sermon and answer questions that would be helpful to accomplish our purpose. And we are. All right. Welcome to the Sermon B-Side podcast, uh, following up on uh, Judges chapter 4 and 5. My, 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 how the tables have turned, John. Indeed they I get have. to uh, ask questions of you uh, this time since you preached yesterday. Well, uh, yes, yeah, I, I, guess that's, I guess that's the precedent that we set um, a little bit earlier, much to my chagrin. No, so. I, well done, man. Well done. Um, I wasn't able to even be here yesterday, but got to yeah. listen to Thanks the, for the support. That's right. That's right. You, you know how I like to just have your back all the time. Bail on you when yeah. it's your turn to uh, preach. Uh, love you, man. <laughs> hey, but in all seriousness, you did give me a really, you honored me and, and um, said some really kind words yesterday. So thank you for that. And just wanted to extend the the reminder that Pastor Appreciation Month also would count for John, not just for me, uh, yeah. um, which uh, which we we do feel honored and appreciated most of the time by the people of Liberty Church. But um, most 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 of the time, yeah, most of the time, yeah. It's, <laughs> I, let's, I don't know. I'm going to put a percentage on it, but most of the time, most of the time, and um, it is a it is a real six honor out of seven thing. dentists. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Judges 4 and 5, and um, this has been fantastic. The first couple weeks we did this podcast, we didn't get a whole lot of questions from from you. Uh, we've now started to get a, a steady flow of questions, some that go back and kind of encompass the whole book of right. Judges, yeah. and some that are specifically related to, to 4 and 5. Right. But um, maybe let's just jump in with that so we make sure that we that we cover some of the questions. Yeah, that great questions in. that have come in. Uh, I mean, let's, we can go to the, the first one. Um, yeah. So, so we had a couple people ask similar questions, uh, particularly it stands out, um, in judges four and five, the role of women in the book of judges. Mm. And there's two, two, so two prominent women. You've got Deborah, the prophetess. Yes. Uh, and you've got jail, mm-hmm. the, the actual deliverer, um, in one, in some way when it's all right. said and done, the one who actually killed Killed Cicero with a tent peg. It would not be for your glory, Barack. It, no, you've that's chosen, right. You've chosen a road. That's yeah. right. So, so here's some of the questions that came in. Um, why Deborah? It's glaringly uncommon, uh, right? Was the man she was married to anything of note? Um, and after focusing in on these other judges, and the rest of the judges in this book are male, mm-hmm. um, how about Deborah, uh, the role of women as a judge? Anything yeah. you want to kind of kick off our, our discussion on that. Sure. I, I think like first and foremost, like where the position that we need to start at, the the perspective we need to take is that uh, Deborah was not appointed uh, by man, was not appointed by herself even, but was appointed by God. Yeah. And this is God's activity and how he has um, decided to use Deborah. He uh, used Deborah as his mouthpiece uh, for his people. And so, uh, you know, in far as like going into who she is, and you start doing some of like the the studies on on, on individuals throughout the uh, throughout the scriptures, you'll see um, you kind of look at her name, you look at her who she's related to, what tribe she's coming from, and and, and all of these things. And so Deborah is, uh, as we mentioned yesterday, uh, her name means the bee. Mm. Um, Lapidoth, her husband. Uh, the question I think asks like, is there anything significant about her husband? Um, no, we really don't know much about yeah. him other than like yeah. 
uh, kind of like a fiery torch is what his name means. Mm. And so um, Deborah, wife of Lapidoth, the fiery torch, this bee, this fiery bee hmm. uh, of a woman huh. um, was kind of like the personality that, that would be read into her name through through kind of what her name means. Yeah. And so nothing nothing specific about her, nothing uh, to note. I mean, as we talked about a little bit yesterday, she she was godly. She was a godly woman. Yeah. Out of all of the judges, yep. there was not like this person, a glaring personality defect. Yeah. Um, that uh, that arose with Deborah, and so yeah. um, why her? Great question. Yeah, maybe maybe yeah. this helps. I'll uh, get into that a little bit further, which is another question we received. Was this a good thing that Deborah was a prophetess in Israel? Mm-hmm. Was it instead more of a concession uh, because there weren't True. there weren't male leaders uh, stepping mm-hmm. up to the plate? Uh, right. There's there's a couple lenses through which you could read uh, Judges four and five about both Deborah and Barak. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, I think, spoke really well to to uh, Barak from the optimistic lenses, which I agree with as well. Um, specifically, because Barak is mentioned in the Hall of Faith in Hebrews right. eleven as right. an example of faith, mm-hmm. the pessimistic lens looks at Barak and says he was a coward; he wouldn't go unless Deborah went with him. Right. He lacked faith, um, which was common for that day. Yes, um, I mean that was, it, and I think a lot of uh, commentators and people who read that perspective would just lump him into the rest of of Israel at that point and the rest of the the male leadership that that lacked yeah uh, specifically uh, to fight against um, Jabin and, and and Sisera yeah so what what's your take there though is it a is it a good thing that that Deborah was the 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 primary instrument here ruling over the people calling Barak to 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 pursue that deliverance was it just a concession uh that God made because there weren't strong men leading at the time how how sure. do you think about that well well Deborah's not the only prophetess mentioned in the old testament there there are five other mentions of a prophetess in, in the old testament so god uses um women to 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 help obviously we see here judge yeah uh to to rule to give good counsel uh is it more of an exception than the rule i would say probably if you look at just just straight out like numbers in comparison yeah um god typically uses male leadership i think if you go back to genesis and uh, creation order and how god has established uh, men and women uh, we we obviously we come from a complementarian standpoint and viewpoint of 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 men leading uh so i don't i wouldn't call it a concession as much as i would say it was an exception to um, like the the prototypical um, style that God has used in order to to lead His people. Yeah, um, I think she did a great job too. Uh, yeah, and, and you know, like if God's going to appoint somebody, God's going to appoint somebody. Yeah, and it's kind of hard to argue. Hey, was God was that the best decision that you had, or were you kind of just like you were just conceding, like your your priorities here? Yeah. I think yeah. that's I think that's various you know it could be very assumptive to kind of look at that and say um, you know God was just he was just using with what you know the best thing he had available to him sure um, I don't know if we see that throughout Scripture I don't know if that's consistent with the the, the nature and character of God so yeah yeah I it, it is it is it's different it's different for us from a perspective standpoint it's different for us from a um, uh, from what we've seen through the rest of Scripture. And so because it's different, sometimes we look at that as maybe wrong, uh, and maybe maybe we should look at it as, um, as as God appointed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on the one level, I see 
there's concessions throughout the book of Judges. I mean, things are so bad in Israel. The people that God raises up, some are mm-hmm. some being outsiders like Shamgar, and then Jael is also not an yeah, Israelite. Not an Israelite. Um, the methods that they use, uh, right. Jael, you know, violates at least two of the Ten Commandments by lying to Sisera and then right. by murdering him. Uh, right. Under under the guise of of hospitality, of hospitality. and even so, even her not being an Israelite, that would still be a violation of any right. ancient Near Eastern hospitality kind of situation. Right. Not to mention the fact that it's it's written there in Judges four that her husband had some kind of alliance with Jabin. There was peaceable right. terms there. Yeah. Um, so there's there's concessions all over this book. For I I, I come I come back to this great quote that um, Joni Erickson Tata often said. Um, actually, it was her pastor uh, named Steve Estes who said this quote where um, it goes like this, God permits what he hates to accomplish that which he loves. Hmm. And so there's a, there's a sense in which God permits murder, lying, um, the treachery of both jail and, and characters like Ehud mm-hmm. to accomplish his deliverance and his purposes. Yeah. Uh, Joni Erickson Todd, of course, applies that to circumstances in our own life and the, mm-hmm. the kinds of suffering we face. Yeah. Um, terrible things that play yeah. out in the world to accomplish his yeah. purposes. So I see there being concessions in that sense, but, but, but two thoughts, two thoughts in my mind, as I think about these questions, which they're, they're great questions. Um, first, I think it is a curse on a people when there's an absence of faithful men to lead. So I think that's, I think that's true. I think that's, um, uh, men and women are equal image bearers of God. They're both called to steward and be cultivators of creation uh, but they're not they're not a a one for one replacement of the other. There's sure. differences right. and distinctions right. between them in role and, mm-hmm. and function, uh, which is really the essence of complementarianism, as you mentioned before. So I do think a society uh, is cursed when there's an absence of of men to step up. So so I would say even in our in our cultural moment, um, I'll hear it said tongue in cheek sometimes by people. You know, the future is female, um, which I don't know culturally when people say that with they even necessarily mean anymore because sure. of, of gender being fluid and what, I mean, what is that, I guess. But I, I hear that as, as being a, a prescribed thing. And I think simultaneously, um, I'm grateful for the advances that have happened for equality of rights um, between men and women in our society. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of um, redemption from the fall and unnecessary and unhealthy distinctions between men and women that are playing out there. But when people say things like the future is female, I, I, I find myself thinking, well, I, I hope not. I hope the future is men and women increasingly living in, in a way that has redeemed what, what mm. sin has broken there between men and women. But men still continuing to step up and be present in society and lead. Right. So I think that's one side of it. The other, the other side of it is I think that it's really obvious when you read Judges that women like men are powerful instruments of God's work in the world. Mm. And if we're inclined to read Scripture... And even overread, I would say, complementarianism to diminish the importance and significance uh, of women. We're, we're reading it the wrong way. Right. We're yeah. reading it the wrong way. Yeah. And you had mentioned this, um, which I think is a great point. Deborah is a prophetess, and there are several other prophetesses in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. female prophets. Um, Deborah is also a, a judge. She's a ruler over mm-hmm. the people. The the kind of precedent which would become kings. So if we think about the, the threefold office of Christ and the three leaders of the people of God, particularly in the Old Testament, you had prophets, Prophet, priests. priests, and kings. The one role and office that you don't see any women p- fulfill in the Old Testament is the role of priest. 
You see women mm -hmm. prophets, you see women, a woman judge, mm -hmm. a ruler in that sense. Right. Uh, you don't see any female priests. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where you start to pick up some continuity to, to the New Testament. Mm -hmm. This being, of course, descriptive for us in the Old Testament. Right. The New Testament getting more prescriptive of how to live and play things out in the mm -hmm. church. And you pick up some of the Apostle Paul's words for why uh, men are uniquely wired by God to serve as, as elders, in particular that one office mm -hmm. in the church. Um, but women should not hold that office, right, right, but be right. but be given other roles of leadership and responsibility and gifts in the church. Yeah, yeah. So so is it is it good that Deborah was you know this this instrument that God used? Yes, like it, it was good that you know a, an instrument of God was used. Yeah. Um, is it you know is it exactly how you know things should have played out? You know, I think I think to your point, Matt, like the uh, the reflection of the society at that time made it necessary for someone, specifically Deborah, to to come in uh, to judge and to lead. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good question. Really good question. Um, now you spoke, I thought, really well to this yesterday too. You talked about time mm -hmm. and how much we can just assume that these things were happening, you know, like in the same week right. or in the same month. Right. right. Um, so speak to a little bit to more about that, the, the kind of slow decline you taught, you used yeah. about mainly the, the folly of conformity mm -hmm. um, and the compromises that played out there. Um, yeah, maybe speak a little bit more to that and how that, that played out. Yeah, I, I think so many times we see things as, as so cut and, and dry from a, from a like, well, you know, hey, they, they were faithful for this time. And then like there was just this, this quick switch. We read one verse. You know, the beginning, the, actually, well, it's the the first verse of every chapter in Judges, it feels like. Um, <laughs> we're like, the, and the people did right what was in their own eyes. You know, yeah. they, they pursued their own uh, sin. And this was not something that just one day started happening. Yeah. It was a progressive kind of, like, I, I think I called it a slow fade into uh, cultural conformity. Yeah. Um, and, and, and this... I think we see this play out uh, even in, even in our own day, of of just a little bit of compromise here, a little bit of compromise here. Um, yeah, it's not it's not that bad if I if I watch this, if I go here, if I if I say these things, if mm -hmm. I um, do this activity. Um, these are these are things that that we're seeing in with the Israelites that. You know, they're living in and amongst a people that, that don't worship their God, that don't have, if you will, their same priorities. Yeah. Um, and so human nature is to is to kind of make things comfortable, try to try to figure this out. How do we how do we coexist um, with our with our neighbors, with our mm. um, you know, the guy who owns um, you know, he he owns sheep down the street and I don't own any sheep, but I'm a farmer and I've got I've got this crop. So like I need to have a good relationship with him. Yeah. And so in so doing, like we've, uh, we've, we've tried to create the good relationship, but we also like are conforming a little bit too. Yeah. Uh, not that we need to, you know, become monastic and like live so apart from everyone that, you know, that we don't, we don't have any kind of interaction with people. But yeah, what, what happens is like, we really don't believe everything that God tells us. Mm. And that everything God tells us is actually good for us, and to, to have a distinctiveness, to have a a resolve in ourselves of this is what I believe and why I believe it, and I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to compromise on that. And what happens yeah. so many times is we compromise on small things, like hmm. things. 
I've seen it in in my life. I've seen it in um, in my and you know like growing up as a kid, like things that were um, totally not acceptable hmm. twenty five years ago hmm. are now just acceptable. Like yeah. not just acceptable, but normative. Yeah. Um, and so like we've seen this on, on TV. Like I remember like I Love Lucy, mm. right? Um, it was it was scandalous for Ricky and Lucy to share the same bed. Yeah, as a married right? couple. As a married couple. Yeah. They had separate twin beds yeah. right, in their apartment. Um, and they weren't even allowed to say the word pregnant. She had a bun in the oven. <laughs> so like these are the things that were not allowed yeah. in, the, in the 50s yeah. and 60s. And so like this is... You know, how far have we come now where, you know, you've got, you know, HBO and Skinomax sure. um, yeah. pumping out, like, basically pornography right. uh, on TV. And yeah. so, like, it, it doesn't just happen. That just didn't happen overnight. It was a slow fade. And this is what mm-hmm. happens for us as Christians. And, and to be aware of that and to be conscious of that, um, to see that in, mm-hmm. in the scriptures and go, like, hey, it's been 146 years. Mm-hmm. Like they, they were, they were intermarrying, they were making compromises and concessions and one generation to the next was going to, was going to be a little bit more, you know, if you, to, to use the word progressive in their, in their views of what they were seeing and doing, I think is very, um, Hmm. like we, we should, we should understand that and how that happens. Yeah. But we should also see that as, as, as not good. Yeah. Um, do we do we really believe what we believe? Do we really trust in what God has to say? Hmm. Um, yeah, and why He has, you know, made made these commands for us. That's good. That's good. So you're saying you and Jess do share a bed? You don't have separate beds on either side of the, the oh room. oh for sure yeah yeah so we, are, we share you, we share. Are bed. you still qualified to be a pastor? Is that does that disqualify you? I we I mean Shane and I have separate beds. We have separate. Oh. <laughs> If it if it does, I'm willing to accept that as as the decision laid, come down laid down by the elders. Good good. I love Lucy reference though. Well done, well done. I, I, I mean, I was a fan of Nick at Night. Yeah, growing there up. You go. So. Um, and you, on that same kind of point, you you referenced Hazor as the what are the sins that need to be consistently dealt with in your life? Right. That's yeah. maybe would you say Bible studies that'd be a great place for them? To, I think to go yeah, this I week. think that'd be a really great place. Like. Uh, you know, let me encourage you guys as you're as you're digging in, as you're kind of becoming more familiar um, with who's in your group, and and some of you guys have been together for a long time, but um, really kind of dig into the fact that um, we each one of us has a, a particular sin pattern, has a has a, an area in our life that um, sin keeps creeping up and keeps coming back. It's the sin that you pray about during prayers of confession every week. Yeah, right. It's the sin that you. Yeah, that bothers you. That that you can almost become numb to um, when it when it comes up. And these are these are things like Hazor um, that will come up and will will rule us if they're if they're not dealt with. If they're not if they're not consistently attended to. Hmm. Um, so to to assume that those things are going to go away um, would be would be an air of arrogance. Yeah. Um, that hey, we we dealt with that once. I don't need to deal with that again. Hmm. So I would say like in your group, like what are those things? Bring those things up. Um, ask for prayer, ask for, um, accountability in those things because it's, um, and God help us if we, if we allow those things to, to continue to rise up and, and come to power in our lives that will, they'll ultimately destroy us. But thanks be to God that, that Christ has overcome that sin. Yeah. I think remembering that it's also, um, also true and good for us, uh, to remind ourselves that that sin, 
um, that comes up is not is not our master. Mm. Um, for those who are in Christ, we have deliverance over sin. We do not have to commit those sins. Yeah. Um, by the power of the Spirit, through the blood of Christ, we have we have overcome those things. Yeah. Uh, and we are not masters to they are not masters to us. Yeah. Um, so remembering that, encourage each other in that. Mm. Yeah. That's good. Rapid fire, maybe a couple questions at the very end. Yeah, let's we got do it. we got one more in. Um, why this is maybe a bigger picture question about the book of Judges? Why are these people judges instead of kings? So that uh, that refrain yes. that you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. and and judges is like it's like a Nickelback situation. You you, yeah. you, you remember the band Nickelback? I, I, I try to you, forget. You, we wish we could forget Nickelback. Look at this photograph. <laughs> so Nickelback. Yeah. Same exact melody on multiple songs. They just changed the lyric, but yes. like it's you can actually yeah. sync them up. There's you websites could, that yeah. have done this, have like yeah. synced up the 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 songs and oh like the gosh. same builds and everything. Judges is kind of like that. It's like different <laughs> words every chapter, but like underneath, it's the same. It's the same, same story. old story. It's the same, same melody. Story. Yeah. And that story being, there were no kings in in Israel. Everyone did what right. was right in their own eyes. Mm-hmm. So so maybe the question underneath the question here is like, well, why why not start the kings earlier? Why were these people judges sure. and not kings? Great question. Yeah, great question. Um, I mean, there was a there was a, a theocracy, you know, basically like God is God is ruler. Um, and, and that existed, and what we see all the way up uh, until the the last judge uh, would be like Samuel, uh, prophet, sure. the, prophet, yeah, judge, that kind of continuity tr- tr- into, yeah. yeah, sure. Um, and so um, the people were begging for a king, and mm-hmm. like there was there was contested opinions about like, did they need a king? Why would they need a king if they were separate and they if God truly was ruler of them? And so there was a. Uh, there were kings in other locations, uh, but Israel didn't have a king because God is king. And so yeah. um, the theocracy didn't end, as we, we talked about. Theocracy didn't end. Um, it was a, mona- a monastic, a, a monarchy. Yeah. Uh, monarchy and theocracy kind of coexisting. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I, think that, I think that basically it was was this sense of, like, if, if people were, were truly following God did what he was saying, like they wouldn't have needed a king, but the yeah. man the man continues to commit the same old sins. Yeah. Plays that nickelback. That's right. And that is a sin. If you are listening and you are <laughs> listening to Nickelback, <laughs> repent it's... and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm loving that analogy more the more I think about it, because it's yeah. a terrible song that just keeps playing over and over again <laughs> with different words. I mean right. I'm I'm yeah, I'm yeah. loving it. Um, that's really good. And this, yeah. the last piece, which we'll, we'll maybe get into more of the question side of it in future episodes, cause it, it's throughout the book of judges, but just an encouragement to you in your Bible studies. Um, judges makes it avo- unavoidable how, how violent, um, things were in this period. There's violence? Lots of violence. Oh. Lots of violence. I thought you did a good job, um, you know, speaking to that directly on, uh, in your sermon yesterday yeah, as well. Put them to the sword. Put them to the sword. It's a really nice way. And we're used to, I think, um, particularly as if we've grown up in the church and kind of have been in Sunday school classes, you know, we kind of treat the Bible with with kid gloves, to yeah. so to speak. We we try to downplay some of these. We don't even talk about Ehud uh, or or Jael. Maybe we get into yeah. you know we get into Gideon and Samson. So there's still some sure. violence there, yeah. certainly. But just an encouragement to you in your Bible studies to to really get in there and wrestle with what you see as being. Um, violent in this book 
it'll bring up questions, understandably so, about the nature and character of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll bring up questions about how how does God, who is also love, is the is the embodiment of love, mm-hmm. um, permit, allow, cause these things? Mm-hmm. Just an encouragement to say, go there in your in your Bible studies if you're experiencing those questions, which I know many of you are. Um, Try to flesh that out. And I think, John, you spoke to this yesterday, too, about folly in particular. A lot of what you see here, including the violence of it, is just a very overt picture of what sin is and mm-hmm. what sin does. Yeah. And, it's a, and it's a picture in, you know, in technicolor that shows us the need for God to bring judgment. Uh, that in God's faithfulness, which this is one of your great points yesterday, too, um, he will bring sin to an end, which is both good and terrifying. Right. Good because we want sin to end. We want stuff like this to, to mm-hmm. end. Terrifying because we ourselves are, are sinners. Yeah. Um, and that, of course, points us to Christ who, who makes an end to sin, but mm-hmm. not at the expense of our destruction. Yeah. But, but, but experiences the death of sin in a very violent manner. Um, yep. I, think, I, think it's, yep. you know, I think that's important to, to, to draw out there. But yeah, yeah lots of good stuff. Guys, as you're wrestling through this, we continue to encourage you. Send those questions in. Um, really appreciate the ways you guys are engaging with these things, the discussions you're having in Bible studies. Hopefully this has been helpful for you. And uh, really appreciate the time uh, that you're taking to listen to us again. Because we still are talking. Still talking. Yep. Still talking. We actually, actually don't stop. That's right. That's right. Uh, good to be with you guys this week. Thanks for tuning in to Sermon B-Sides. Uh, Looking forward to talking with you more. Yeah, take care.